0: Good evening, it's just uh, such a delight to be with you uh, once again. Uh, Here we are in lockdown in Auckland, Um, but I'm just so glad that you've joined us tonight and we have a very, very special uh, event happening here. I'm so uh, delighted to have Pastor Mike Connell uh, with us from the, he was pastoring the uh, Bay City Church in Hastings um, they've now changed their name to King Je- um, to Ascent Global Church. Uh, he pastored that church for around about 40 years, um, but now is under King Jesus Apostle Maldonado that I know that many of you are very aware of I and mean, have been to some of Apostle Maldonado's meetings. But uh, Pastor Mike has been in the ministry for over 40 years. And I've known Pastor Mike, um, by sort of acquaintance, but a lot more uh, deeply um, over the years for just about that entire time. And Mike has been a tremendous um, encourager. One of the things about Mike is that you can't stay depressed too long around Mike. He'll, uh, he'll get you <laughs> laughing before you know what's happening, which used to annoy me years ago. But, um, but Mike is just such a powerful ministry. I believe one of the top deliverance ministries in the world, used by some of the largest churches around the world, especially Asia. And Mike, it is such a delight to have you with us um, tonight. And uh, why don't you just bring some greetings and then I'm going to um, talk to you.
1: Oh, great, Brent. So, so wonderful to be with you. Thank you for the invitation and and uh, welcome everyone. It's great to have this time to be with you and to to share. And Brent, I must apologize. I didn't realize I'd annoyed you so much with all that humor. <laughs> back in the early days, oh, the early days. Okay. <laughs> you must have been too serious i was <laughs> i was i needed to break out of it <laughs> well it, it tells us that the kingdom of heaven is uh, righteousness peace and the joy the holy ghost brings so <laughs> i i always watch whether i'm losing my peace or losing my joy because either tells me something's gone something's going wrong. Hey, <laughs> what a joy to be with you. And uh, we're, I've enjoyed our fellowship and friendship and partnership and ministry throughout the nation. I've loved being part of your pastors' uh, revival meetings across the nation over a decade or so. It's just been such fun. And uh, you're always so honouring and such a blessing, not only to me, but I, I see your heart for so many people, the heart for pastors particularly, and your, your passion for revivals. just, it's actually you've been really quite a pioneer of the things of the spirit in our nation. Now, I don't think people always know what's important in the nation, but there'll come a day when, when God reveals what was really important.
0: Yeah. And I
1: think your, your passion for keeping the, the move of the spirit going in our nation is what I would consider vitally important. Mm.
0: Yeah, well, Mike, I mean, I remember those days in the pastor's days, and I'm starting the pastor's days up again, because, I, <laughs> because there's such a dearth of, of fathering and mentorship happening for past yep. so you know i want to give give another shot at it. <laughs> and uh, no doubt you'll be a part of it but we just had the most unbelievable meetings in fact I'll, in fact i was preaching about you the other day in, in my church when you used to have jill austin uh oh, in yeah. your meetings and of course um the crime rate used to explode <laughs> uh, when she was around, and, and eventually you had to tell the police, "I've got Jill Austin coming in to have more people on board." And I just thought, "What a!" It was just a great story, and and I'll never forget that. But wow, we we partnered in some of the greatest moves of God, you know, in our nation. It's just been wonderful. But Mike, um, I just wanted to ask you a few questions, and and the first one is, um, if you if you'd just like to share for a few moments about what for you. Has been what you would consider your greatest spiritual experience since salvation and having the baptism of the Spirit. I know that most people who are used powerfully, like you are, um, have always had some experience that they can point to and say, that was the thing that changed everything for me. And I just wonder if you'd just be, um, would like to
1: share what that experience was for a few moments. Okay, sure. I think that uh, I, I thought about your question when you, when you sent it to me and I thought, hey, that's a real hard one to answer because in our journey, we're meant to have encounters with the Lord as a part of our ongoing journey. So I like uh, the time, the most outstanding one would be with Jill Austin when the heavens open up and we start to encounter the glory of God and start to see God's presence just invade in a way I'd never seen before. It was just totally unfamiliar territory. Yeah. And uh, I've had other things since then, like uh, after I had my heart operation, I had three months grounded. Well, every day I was able to encounter the Lord and have him speak to me and minister to me. So I look on our encounters as, uh, as being times when we are starting to engage what we're designed for. But if, your question you asked was interesting because you asked, what was the one that changed your life the most? Mm. And so that, that made me think not just about experiences, but what brought the biggest shift and the biggest shift came, um, I reckon, in uh, in when I was in dandyverk when we had there was a Bible school run by a local church, yep. and we had teaching on the kingdom of God. And I looked at the message since then. I thought it's so shallow. there's so little in it. But God gave it an almighty download of revelation of His kingdom, both the kingdom now and the kingdom coming, and uh, and it it radically shifted my life. It gave me revelation. Uh, having lived in a democratic uh, country, that we're in a kingdom, not in a democracy. And that there's a need to understand authority and ranks and order in the kingdom. And you align yourself. So I immediately began to align myself and, and we said as it as our core verse for our lives from that point on, Matthew 6:33, which says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. So we made it our life priority and a life uh, um, scripture that we would place the kingdom first. And then, of course, God added to that, that the kingdom is not just about a priority in your life. It's about power ministry. You know, the kingdom of God is not just... Uh, just words but it's in power you know this is how jesus demonstrated the kingdom he cast out demons and of course we see jesus priority was on the preaching and proclaiming of the kingdom and i think that's been pretty well lost to the church it preaches a different kind of message now and uh perhaps for many a feel-good message a motivational message and we've got to get back to uh, a, a foundation of jesus priorities mm-hmm.
0: well of course that's been one of my greatest concerns has been the the um, the losing of the message of the kingdom of God and I think that's yep. one of the reasons why the church is so powerless because unless you understand the kingdom is the greatest kingdom on earth greater than yeah. the kingdom of the devil greater than the kingdom of this world and of course when you understand that you then understand spiritual authority you understand spiritual yeah. power and as a yes. result you can take initiatives in God because yes. you know that you've got a kingdom backing you and I mean I, I, I um, and I do I, I look at the the New Testament and what was most of what Jesus taught about the kingdom of God is yes. blah, 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 blah. And if I was to ask most people, give me your doctrinal understanding of the kingdom of God. I can guarantee you that we would be in disagreement because they've not actually been taught about the priority of the kingdom of God. I mean, what a great, what a great thought. Well,
1: I think it's a tragedy. I think what's happened is the church has given a partial message. It's focused on salvation. How your sins can be forgiven. How you can get to heaven. But but that's not what Jesus came to preach. So while it is certainly true, a truth, it's only a portion of the truth and it leaves out the the, that God's uh, plan for us is to come into a kingdom uh, and to become part of his overarching purpose which mm. means to grow in the kingdom, to become mature sons and daughters in the kingdom. Right. And if you don't have an understanding of the kingdom or don't have revelation of the kingdom, both now and what it looks like now and then the coming, you've got no perspective for life transformation, really.
0: No, not at all. Well, well, that, that's absolutely amazing. Um, you know, when I did the Ministry Development School, Mike, one of the things in terms of the doctrine I wanted was taught was actually the doctrine of the kingdom of god because i i felt and still do that it's absolutely mission critical isn't that amazing that was a major point and of course, that opened you up didn't it to the whole realm of deliverance and you have been such a spearhead of deliverance um, <coughs> of demons um, in new zealand but also around the world haven't you
1: yes well that's uh it was not something i started off asking for um, the Lord just showed me how. Or uh, well, first of all, we had an encounter with a demon when we shifted to Danny Burke, where we first started there. And I was a very young Christian, and a spirit walked into my room, and so this becomes suddenly a huge reality. It's no. <laughs> this is not a horror movie. This is the real deal. Exactly. And, and I was um, absolutely terrified, absolutely powerless. I couldn't speak, couldn't move, couldn't do anything, could hardly even breathe, except I could just call on the name of Jesus. So. When I when when Joy woke up praying and we came out of that and then we thought well something's in the house I saw it and so that made me my it it I resolved I would learn how to address this kind of thing Wow, wow. that the king that the re- the spirit world is real the realm of the kingdom must be real and so I and then God brought people to us so he talked when I got that revelation of the kingdom I started to pray. In the, through the school I'd walk there at night in the dark and pray through it and pray specifically in my room um, to take dominion over demons and release the peace of God uh, creativity and uh, the success of the students and then we started to see manifestations happening in the classroom mm-hmm. No teaching about Jesus, just the presence of God there. I had uh, people manifest, that people uh, to recognize the atmosphere was different. We had massive success. So I learned then, as a very young Christian, we are, we are to partner with Father in advancing his kingdom, and that means you've got to be aligned to exercise spiritual authority. So, you know, submit to God, resist the devil, but most people don't submit. It's the submission process in your heart and life and ordering your life with kingdom priority that activates authority then. Because when you operate you you're competent God is behind you
0: yeah 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 absolutely and you see see one of the issues is that um, the 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 struggles that people are having seem to be far more pronounced than what they were even when I first started in the ministry and and people I think are needing deliverance a lot more today than what they were even thirty or forty years ago, especially given the fact that they're often in environments where actually they're taught that christians can't have demons as an example yeah. which is just total garbage oh, and yes. so it imprisons people in their spirits yeah.
1: absolutely absolutely well i think you're right you know it's interesting you make that comment I, I love that every time we get together because we're both prophetic we're both on the same wavelength even if we haven't talked for a while yeah. we're down the same track it's yeah, just yeah. remarkable but well, uh, what, you, you made an interesting statement you said that you, you, it seems like there's a people are a lot more demonized now than they were i believe you're right because it tells us uh, jesus taught that in the end times not only would the the wheat come to its maturity but then uh then the, the 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 tears would come as well and i think that in the end times there's an unleashing of demons across the earth yeah. i'm convinced of it yeah and uh and and so that means you cannot ignore spiritual realities we can't be ignorant of kingdom we can't be ignorant of deliverance and our authority the only people who are authorized to deal with demons of the church oh, believers oh, okay. of christ we're not going to do anything yeah. and uh, here's another thing that makes me realize even more and in the book of revelation it it describes seven churches of course there are many more churches than that but the seven are picked because of the characteristics they they had yep. which are not only characteristics of those churches but end time church so of course, one of the ones which is uh, mentioned very significantly, at Thyatira, is the toleration of Jezebel operating. Mm. Now, I haven't got time to teach on that, but if we just if you just realise it's not just a demon, this is a this is a principality. Yeah. this is yeah. a global power that yeah. works through clusters of demons, and I believe that the issue of control and seduction. Is going to be the two key things that christians will face in these days wow. and you have and, and jesus promised to the overcomers not to tolerate mm. so i believe that that there's becoming a polarization between people who live for the kingdom and align with kingdom values and priorities and then those christians and non-christians who are surrendered to a controlled spirit that operates through their thinking and then begins to train them in a way of thinking and a way of reacting to life, so I think our days—the days of warfare—are greatly increasing, and yep. we need insight and understanding of the the ways it operates. Mm-hmm.
0: Mike, it's amazing you would talk like this because I've been preaching through the Book of Daniel, and of course, you cannot uh, do the Book of Daniel without understanding um, the existence of um, demonic angelic realms and the exactly. regional influence that they have. And how and what our response should be. So, I've actually been talking about that. I've been talking about resist the devil. You know, some yeah. of you I, I, have become just so passive about this. Yes. But actually, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent yeah. take it by force.
1: Absolutely. And,
0: and I see that there's been a whole watering down of of the idea of Christians rising up in spiritual authority and power and being violent against the kingdom of darkness, Ephesians. Yeah chapter 6, Psalm 149, and all the rest, yep. of, all speak to this. And yep. yet so many Christians have been totally watered out by, I think, fluffy teaching that doesn't actually deal with the heart issues.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Just, just well, we're, both, we're going to get going on this pretty soon, Brent. I can see you winding up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it goes alongside of something else that I feel might, which I'd like you to comment on, but I have felt an incredible urgency to speak to the church, and I'm going to speak to pastors about this, about calling your people into a deeper intimacy, personal intimacy with Jesus, that this is all about you having a relationship with Jesus. And I think for many Christians, I've actually lost that vibrant intimacy where they're talking to him, he's talking to them, they yes. and, and they're feeling like this personal connection occurring I feel such a burden, Mike, in getting Christians to take ownership for where is your relationship with Jesus really at? I mean, would you like to
1: comment to that? Well, I'm glad to hear you're on this. We, we, like I said before, we always seem to find ourselves on the same wavelength. You know, one Chronicles twelve thirty-two. It says the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times, what Israel ought to do. And I think there's a need for a prophetic understanding that we're in a global shift, a global change, and what you've said is exactly what i've been preaching same thing exactly it's a time uh, 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 the times i see there are four things that to me well it's probably many but the number one is the wake up of the church into intimacy with jesus you know you have the uh, the revelations 320 where it tells us at the end time church that jesus is on the outside in other words the church has substituted the presence of god for a whole range of other activities there's all sorts of other programs and things going on, but the one thing missing in the life of every individual believer and in the corporate atmosphere is the presence of God. Wow! And so you, Jesus teaching on the end times, I just did a series of three messages on the signs of the end times uh, out of Matthew 24, 25. But one of them he says is like the kingdom of heaven shall be like the, uh, the 10 virgins, five were wise, five were foolish. And of course, they're all virgins meaning they're believers they all have lamps they're believers they all have oil they all have an expectation of the, the, the master coming. so they all have a position uh, that would uh, entitle them to enter the marriage feast but here's the thing, lack of oil and, 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 and very clearly they came when the, when the message the, the king is coming or the bridegroom's coming, they rise up and of course they've got no oil yeah and oil is the, the substance of the Holy Spirit imparted into our life through intimacy with Jesus. So this, those who were ready went into the feast. Those who others, they were told, go buy. You can't have a gift. This can't be given to you. <clears throat> you have to pay the price for it. Yeah. you so, it, Yeah. Yeah. So the church is, is virtually programmed to come along, wanting someone else to hear messages for them, wanting someone else to bring the anointing for them, someone else to pray for them, someone else to, to bring the life of God. And they've not grown up or taken responsibility. I must have my own relationship with the Lord. Wow. And, and in other words they haven't understood a key uh factor in their uh, their their um their design their sonship design and if you if i i, I wouldn't mind sharing just a little bit about that Otherwise, i can touch it a little bit later if you want no do it now because this is okay. so relevant and prophetically so important <clears throat> right, well let me give you <clears throat> i won't go into it too far but i'll give you three simple keys and once you've seen them you can't unsee them and once you see them then you're challenged to do something about it. Here, here they are. They're found in John 17. And uh, it's understanding what sonship looks like. Most of us, sonship, you know, you're a child, then you grow up in a family, and maybe you get some money left. you yeah, know. that's about the level of it. But the, the the Hebrew word for son means a builder of the father's house. So when we're called, we're born again into a kingdom, but we're called into sonship, to grow to maturity and build the father's house and then prepare for our inheritance. So if you look at Jesus, high priest prayer in John 17, he said three things, many things, but let's take three in John 17 three. He says, uh, this is eternal life that may know you the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent or uh, as your ambassador representative uh, into the earth. So here's the first thing is he says that eternal life is not just some prayer you pray at the front of an altar eternal life is about an intimate exchange of life with god it's an exchange that takes place when we spend time in his presence we worship him we connect with him he said this is the priority Uh, this is what eternal life is that they know you that word knowing is the word uh, uh sexual intimacy or a deep deep intimacy between a husband and a wife so again he prioritizes that life is about not about the doctrines you have or the church you're going to life is about the exchange that comes out of a deep personal intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm. That's the, first. the second thing he says is this. He says, uh, I have honored you. I brought glory to you. I have brought honor to you on the earth. I have finished the work you gave me to do. So here's the second thing of sonship. All sons are first of all called to intimacy with their father. How can you represent someone that you don't know? How can you represent someone you're not in relationship with? So the second thing is, uh, he said, I fin- I've honoured you. I finished the work you gave me to do. So mm-hmm. that means an assignment. All sons get assignments. So, so we're all called to be sent people, to represent our father, to be intimate with our father, represent our father, and advance his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, every one of us has an assignment. So it doesn't matter where you are. or It's not all about preaching. It's actually about what God called you to, to advance his kingdom. Whether it's in business, whatever it is, you're to bring the power of God supernaturally. The anointing is to advance the kingdom into the territory God gave you. So if Christians aren't intimate with God, then there's going to be no power to expand the kingdom. So then they substitute real kingdom expansion with now we've got to be organized and trying to run a political party and take over government and tell everyone what to do. This is not the kingdom. The kingdom has to do with being able to bring transformation through the life of God. And then the third thing Jesus said in, in John seventeen six, he said, I have manifested your name, which means what that means is this. It means I have represented you accurately and shown people in a living form what you're like. Now, God's plan for sonship then is intimacy, fulfilling our assignment faithfully and honoring God through that, and then also uh, transformation. To become more and more like jesus christ so so you see all three circles locked together if you take one of the circles out you're going to have a distortion yeah well wow. does it make sense uh-huh. so as a son we're to be intimate with our father extend his kingdom as his representative and then represent him which means there's a lifelong uh, pattern of needing to be transformed healing deliverance formation and so on so all three circles work together you take one out and everything distorts. Yeah. You take out intimacy, you get just works or no works. Mm. Mm. So intimacy empowers, but if you have, you, some people get caught in the intimacy thing and they're just involved in times with God, but there's never any service. They haven't got their assignment sorted clearly. Mm. And then you've got others and they get caught in the healing area and they're forever in their problems and they never ever yeah. really ever get out of it. They never yeah. get into serving. So you've yeah. got to have all three working together. And, and that's what sonship looks like intimacy with the father representing the father and then fulfilling his assignment working and partnering with him to extend his kingdom now you'll see that all through jesus ministry Mm. and suddenly a lot of scriptures will make sense now they all fill into one of those things and then the rewards in the kingdom are also related to those sonship design yeah anyway (laughs) so so anyway this at this stage i think these are the things to me are very clear for the church number one it's time to wake up spiritually and hunt and seek the presence of god two it's time for personal preparation i i think we need to let god have deeper access to our lives to bring a greater preparation those who were ready went in that means they paid the price and they were prepared there was an intimate relationship with jesus christ i think the third thing is it's time for us to cry out for revival in our nation you can't change the nation just through uh, activities you've got to actually have the power of god and and we're in the latter days, we should be crying out and ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're in a time we should be asking God for rain, asking God for revival. This is what people need. They need encounters with God. You're not going to change it through laws. Mm-hmm. It has to be changed by transformation. Mm-hmm. And this, is the big, this is the big contrast you got between the left and the right. The right says you should be taking personal responsibility. Change the individual. You can change a nation. The left it works the other way. Oh no, we've got to take over control and then we can change the nation and then change you. But God's kingdom always works. It's neither left nor right. It's all about personal responsibility mm. for transformation. Mm. You get transformed individuals, you have a transformed nation. Mm. How do the nations get transformed? Personal revival. Mm. So encounters with God. So we are to cry for and I think the last thing is, is there's the church has got to get back to the message of the kingdom and the priority of the kingdom absolutely must come back to god's eternal purpose and the kingdom of god without that we 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 really are, are disoriented or we're doing church but it's it's irrelevant for the time we're in yeah so yeah. i think a lot of what's been going on is irrelevant and when when we went into lockdown the lord spoke to me two things he said number one this is early february before lockdown had started and it just they were starting to talk about COVID. he said cancel your year it's not going to work uh-huh. you're not going anywhere for another year for over a year wow and then he said second thing is he said he said don't waste this gift of time mm. you can either react in frustration of what's happening or you can say it's a gift of time mm. and i'll show you how that relates to the next question you you, you set out for me so So I felt this is the time to spend time in the words, time to pray. It's time to let God have deeper access. It's time to grow in understanding of his eternal purpose, understanding of what the, and I actually laid down all the ministry completely. He said, "Now, Lord, you speak to me about things you want. And so he's got me far more focused at the moment around the preparation of the church for the end time, for revival, for the coming kingdom, and the need for understanding our sonship and understanding the kingdom.
0: Well, it's interesting, Mike. Um, we had, uh, I, I had a couple of my friends uh, in America. I interviewed them during lockdown and played it. And, and really, and one of them in particular, basically said exactly what you said. Don't waste this time of lockdown. Uh, do the things that you have basically procrastinated on and don't yep. waste this time in terms of your intimacy. This is an opportunity to get intimacy with Jesus. I mean, it's the same message. It's a message I felt. I mean, I felt... Yeah. Lockdown is the greatest opportunity that we've ever faced for the church. Absolutely. And, and, and you, know, we've, you know, we came out of lockdown, and it's been exciting, just the unleashing of miracles and, yeah. and supernatural power and moves of the Holy Spirit wonderful. and people coming to Christ. I mean, I've loved it, and I personally got incredibly refreshed by it, um, and uh, it was just wonderful. Um, you know, Mike, when a person is listening to you speaking like this, and and they have become so um enraptured with themselves with what's happening around them um they have diverted their faith into action and and strategy and all that rather than intimacy and so on i mean i mean how would you deal with a person that's watching right now and they are feeling oh man i've really got out of course with where i'm supposed to i'm supposed to be at What would you say to them right now to get them started on the
1: track? Yeah, I think also you'd asked earlier too, just about the the, the evidence just lately that there's, um, you know, like a lot of inner brokenness you're noticing. Well, see, I'm noticing that too. And I think what's happened is people have um, filled their life with distractions and substitutes. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. because their priorities are wrong, they fill it up with something else because there's a basic need for us to have a, a, a sense of purpose and intimacy with God. When, when we don't have that, then something else will fill the place. So what the, what the shutdown has done is it's removed, for a lot of people, removed all their activities, everything they've trusted in, everything they've filtered in with, put them at home now, or instead of running away, they got a, they're suddenly their brokenness and their issues are now surfacing. Mm. And in some, that's very distressing. But it just as a reminder, it is not being faced. Mm. Mm. So you can either get into depression, you get into reaction, or you can say, well, I need to make some changes so i think um there's a whole number of things related to it i think first of all is to understand that your personal healing and transformation is part of god's eternal purpose for you he wants to heal you i mean you think about Jesus' ministry assignment you know to preach the god the spirit of the lord has anointed me to do what preach the gospel to the poor well it's not the gospel of going to heaven. That's the gospel of the kingdom of another kingdom available and a loving father that he wants intimacy with us Right uh, to heal the broken hearted. He wants to, he recognizes that intimacy cannot take place without, it. if your heart's broken, it's like they put it, I put it like this to someone yesterday. Um, uh, because i'm getting so many people i've got them coming from overseas i've got them zoom calls for pastors and churches and and people privately and then locally it's the same thing everywhere people stop the surfacing and <clears throat> if they just need help to 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 look and see and connect the fruit they're experiencing now with the decisions and bad choices they made earlier on oh, this wow. is the biggest problem and so transformation is a lifelong journey you don't ever stop you just what's god working on me now now <clears throat> most people in their coming say to a retreat or something like that or or for counseling their kind of main thought is i'm in pain fix me stop the pain but that when you do that you miss what is god doing yeah our reference point you know jesus said, i do what i see the father doing so the bigger picture is that in the healing and deliverance and the renewing of the mind and the formation of the heart are a lifelong journey. So therefore, instead of getting all upset about what's happening, cooperate with what God is on now, and this is your life journey. It's a life journey as you become more and more intimate with the Lord of greater dimensions of your life and heart being transformed. Now, I I liken it like a house that's a huge mansion with maybe 100 rooms, and you've got 95 uh, closed and locked. <laughs> <laughs> and you've asked you've asked Jesus into the entrance and that's all you've given him. Yeah. And for many people that's where they are. Yeah. And one by one, because he loves us, he's saying, I want to get into that room. I want to go in where the mass is, and I want to heal you. I want to set you free from the spirits that imprison you. Stop you receiving love, stop you giving love, stop you functioning properly. If you think about it, <clears throat> with Israel, Israel came out of slavery. The ver- what was the very first thing God dealt with? He dealt with their bitterness which keeps them in a victim mindset. So this would bring me to my second bit of advice, and that is not be a victim. Take responsibility for growth and change. Mm-hmm. Not, don't be a victim. Yeah. So the problem is in the West, there's a strong emergence of a victim cult- culture right now. Yeah. And victim culture is we've got to find someone to blame. Yeah. Uh, someone to blame and someone to rescue me. Yeah, but the core of victim culture is I'm not assuming responsibility. And this, this is a common plight to all men and so at the moment It's taking a racial overture and so you're getting all these accusations and so on Listen that just leaves people further and in problem. They've got to actually own whatever issue I've got This is my life or put it another way. My life is my territory I'm responsible to take dominion and to bring the kingdom of God into every part of it so If you look at people possessing the land and and, and Israel possessing the land, there were strongholds they had to conquer. So all our life, we are conquering strongholds. Now, here's the wonderful thing. You can either avoid it and hide it and bear the fruit of it, or you can see it from God's eternal purpose. He's wanting to grow your spiritual authority. It increases through conquering enemies. He's wanting (laughs) greater divine alignment. He's wanting to prepare us for an eternal kingdom with much greater responsibility, much greater authority. So stop moaning and groaning and look what he's given you and work on cultivating it and growing it. <laughs> and this is the problem. So the healing and deliverance ministry needs to have the bigger picture of what it's about. It's so the breakthroughs you get are a testimony of the power of God to transform, to bring hope wow. to others. Wow. So. So it's not about you. Even though you think it's all about you, it isn't all about you. <laughs> actually, it's all about God and his eternal purpose. And his eternal purpose centers on Christ, not on you. Yeah. But this is where the church has gone really wrong. It, it's still, uh, it, it's not addressing the the, the the issue of the necessity of the cross in our life and God's eternal purpose in our thinking. Wow. Wow. So, so don't be a victim. We need to actually then start to address the areas of our life. And there are practical ways you can do it very practical ways probably one of the best scriptures that uh, I think is helpful around this to just give you like an understanding of it is found in Psalm 84 where it says blessed are those who dwell in your house they'll continue to praise you blessed is the man whose is in you whose heart is set on pilgrimage or process who passing through the valley of tears make it a well they go from strength to strength everyone appearing before God and Zion now without going into too much detail there's a simple flow there. Uh, for people who are in a valley of sorrow the valley of Barker is the valley of tears so valleys are part of everyone's experience they're painful They're seasons in life when we're going through trouble and distress and pain there there's many valleys mentioned in the bible and all of the valleys apply to some circumstance in our life so it says that you can be blessed you can make your valley into a well that brings refreshing to others so you choose mm. this says they make in other words is There's a part that God will do. There's a part you've got to do. So so it lays out the steps. Bless those who dwell in your house. In other words, we must continue to come into the presence of God. To dwell in the house of God means to stay in the place of his presence. Well, we're now the house of God. We need to then continue in praise, continue in seeking him. That's the first place. Stay in the prayer place. Stay in the place of relationship. Don't run away and find a bottle of drink or something else because you're in pain. Mm. Don't find a substitute. Blessed are those who stay in your house. In other words, stay connected to God and turn into him when they're in pain. Secondly, he says, blessed is the man who strengthens you. That word strength means the ability to overcome problems of life, the the power to overcome the challenges of life. So he says, notice it doesn't say, blessed are those who are strong. Blessed are those who turn to the Lord and exchange their weakness for the strength he has. Wow. But to do that, you've got to stop trying to control it all. <laughs> <laughs> so when people are wounded, yeah. they have a choice. Let me have to show you. Make the choice really simple. When you're wounded, you face also with a choice. You can choose to bury it, and then try to control it. In which case, you are trying to control buried pain, and you try to control people and relationships in life. And without realising it, you are submitting to the spirit of Jezebel. You're submitting to an end time controlling spirit you are now allowing that spirit access to you to train you in how you do life. Wow. How you think about relationships, how you think about life. See, or we can make a different choice. We could find our strength in God and we can turn to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, give me revelation. Show me what's going on in my heart. Help me understand the pain and the issues so I can actually cooperate with you in the transformation. Blessed is the man who strengthens you, whose heart is set on the pilgrimage. Mean pilgrimage is a journey. So it says that blessed is the man who stops trying to control everything, turns into the Lord to exchange his weakness for God's ability, and then embraces the process. Pilgrimage means there's a journey. We all just want give me the quick fix. Mm -hmm. Just pray for me and fix me. Pray for me and deliver me. Like someone says, I don't want to talk about anything. Just pray for me and fix me. I seem to remember someone like that one time. (laughs) and uh but but it's actually you pass through the valley by processing things so people get stuck when they either deny stuff or minimize stuff when they bury stuff they control stuff they make vows in their heart to protect themselves all of those things block the heart up and if if our father in heaven loves us too much to leave us like that so if he has to stir the pot he'll stir the pot so (laughs) you suddenly feel what i could control before i can't control yeah
0: exactly Wow. And
1: isn't this what the COVID's doing right now? Everyone thought their life was running well, and now suddenly there's stuff that you can't control. Yeah. yeah. So, what are you going to do? You're going to lean into God, or you're going to get angry and frustrated and reactionary? Yeah. Wow. Are you going to use the time well, or are you going to waste that time? It's a gift from God. Hmm. <laughs> so, so, we can, and if we will pass through the valley, if we will process the things God gives us, then we have a testimony that brings life to others. And we have authority to overcome that. So, and that's of course God's plan. You know, and I find this is the thing that people don't get. They just either stuck in a problem, they blame God or blame the church or run away, instead of actually, what is God trying to do in my life? He wants me to change. Yeah. You, you imagine, for example, this suppose you had a uh, um, uh, an, an inheritance of five or $10 million and you wanted your child to have it, but they refused to grow up. Well, The child's entitled to it, but they won't grow up. If they won't grow up, how can you give it to them? You can't because it'll destroy them. Yeah. Yeah. So this is like our heavenly father. He wants us to grow up. Yeah. Not to remain in old patterns, old ways, old dependencies. So I think one of the things, the greatest thing that's happened to the church is the breakup of the the meetings. (laughs) I mean, I love meetings. I love meetings, but I think people just become addicted to a form of church where someone's carrying them along. They get propped up once a week and that's it yeah and that and that's being all blown apart right now yeah absolutely yeah. so do you have your own relationship with the lord are you building um something in your home the the next revival will all be to do with homes being open to the lord so men, where are you are you the prayer or are you just giving up that job to your wife and allow yeah. demonic powers to come upon the household <laughs> I mean, it's pretty I and mean, when it comes down to real practical stuff doesn't it oh, in, yeah. in, in, with the with the people of egypt in exodus they were in, uh, people of God were in Egypt. It says, as, as it got towards their deliverance, it said there was light in the houses of Israel, darkness in all of Egypt. So right now is the time when there should be light in our houses. That means light in your personal life, revelation, intimacy with God, and it should flow into your home. Mm. Mm. Wow. <laughs> well, you put the light on in some homes and you find, the, oh, I don't think I want to see that. Can I? Get <laughs> <out of it?" laughs> can i go to a meeting or go somewhere else (laughs) yeah it just is what it is the the failure to face what is there leaves us in deception and denial yeah empowerment comes when you just face it That this is not jesus said an interesting statement he said the son of man has not come to serve to be served but to serve and give his life so a lot of people are wired to expect life to work for them Everyone to serve them and cooperate, make their life easy. And then when they come to God, I now want you to help me make my life easy. Rather than actually, I'm called to represent my father and be redemptive. I'm called to represent my father and solve problems and bring life into situations. It's all to do with understanding your divine purpose. Yeah, yeah.
0: See, you know, Mike, I love what Jesus said when he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And, you know, um, I, I think that a lot of people have misconstrued what as a Christian, as a church, as a ministry, success looks like. Absolutely. And, and we've taken on a very worldly, ungodly perspective of if, if this is the result, blah, blah, whatever that is, um, then I'm successful. When actually true success is when you have fulfilled the will of God. And, Absolutely. and you've got to then define what the will of God is, which means you have to define how you are meant to outwork the will of God, which means you have to identify the gifts and the callings that God has given to you personally, and you have to deal with the, the, the junk that is hindering that flow in your life. Otherwise, you can't have the sustenance, which is what food is, um, and you can't do, do that which which God has willed for you to do.
1: Right, and you, you see a couple of scriptures. Like he says in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, he says, he's talking about having, in the context of the gifts in, uh, in uh, 12, 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, yeah. he puts in there, there's, there's a need to flow out of a character of love or sacrificial serving. Yeah, yeah. And so he said, if you can prophesy and do all these great works, but you haven't got love in your heart, it doesn't count yeah. for anything. What, what's going on? yeah so the the increase of the of the of the love of god in our heart comes out of intimate revelation of our father's love for us that was jesus prayer also in john 17 that the same love he experienced we would experience also otherwise you just become a performance junkie and you think because you're doing all these great things that that's success Hmm. but interesting in matthew 7 uh, 23 24 jesus said well many in that day The coming of the Lord. She'll say, Lord, Lord, we prophesied, we did miracles, we cast out demons in your name. And he will say, So they're clearly believers, Pentecostal believers, and they have the supernatural. They've got they're doing things. However, he said there's something really missing in the core of it. And here it is. I never knew you. There's no deep personal intimacy. Yeah. And secondly, you're working lawlessness. You have your own independent agenda. You've never really become an obedient son. You've just allowed You've used my gifts to build yourself a name and a reputation. That's an indictment on the church. He said many, that's many, many, many are going to get a big shock.
0: You know, it's it's, it's one of the scariest um, things that Jesus said, you know, that, yes. uh, you know, depart from me, you work of an of iniquity, thinking you're doing all the right things, but you're actually not because you haven't established what the what God's will is and and God's purpose with regards the kingdom and I agree with you I you know a lot of people are trying to equalize out everybody we're all the same blah 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 actually it's not like that in the kingdom of God not at all and 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 to think that way is basically to to humanize what is actually a supernatural experience that we're meant to have and Mm. actually Judgment begins in the household of God. God is watching what's going on, how people yes. are responding. And there yes. will be a day when they will be held accountable for that. And that's, of course, Absolutely. what Matthew 20, 25 and the, and the 10 virgins and five never, never yes. entered in. And no. all Christians, but five missed the fact that they hadn't invested in the right sort of things. I mean, uh, very good, Frank. very good. It's quite a wake up call for the church, really. Oh, it's a it's a terrible wake up call because actually many people think they're walking in obedience and actually they're walking in absolute disobedience yes. to, to the will of God. But everybody's saying, you know, you're doing what you're doing, you're okay, you're okay. Actually, you're not okay yes. because you're missing the essence of what Christianity is about. It is the extension of the kingdom of God. Our Father would yes. say, in Thy Kingdom come. So, Absolutely. so there is this process. Where we have to see how to bring God's kingdom onto this earth. I mean, I mean that's why Mike and I mean you and I, I agree on this. Why, why, why the answer for New Zealand is is not necessarily changing po- um, um, politics at issue. It's an issue of the heart. What's happening in the spirit, and how the church is seeking to be salt in the world, be a light on a hill. All of that sort of sort of stuff. And so, Ab-
1: absolutely, absolutely. And then, uh, then you can be in. It's like. The focus is on eternity and on eternal values. It's on the heart. Yeah. So, Jesus' kingdom is built through heart transformation, not through law transformation. Yeah. And you know, when you, yeah. his, uh, historically, when the church has been in charge, that's created a havoc. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: You know, one of the things that we used to preach a lot, and I'm, I'm reminded, is as Christians, we should live in the light of eternity
1: yes absolutely
0: and when we have got the sense of i am investing into eternity it changes how we behave in the present big time because we realize everything that we're doing right now impacts how we're going to be in eternity um forever absolutely
1: And, and that's hugely important for people well, I don't think, you see, I, I think because the, the, the kingdom hasn't been preached, kingdom now and kingdom coming, yeah. and there's very little revelation of the, like, for example, eternal rewards. There's about 19 different rewards are, yeah. are mentioned in the book of Revelation yeah. for yeah. those who overcome. So, But they're, they're not given to to, or to believers who haven't engaged with the Lord to overcome the things he says to overcome.
0: Yeah.
1: And these are eternal rewards, means that once they're established, once they're given, there's not revocable. And if you've been excluded, you're excluded forever from that dimension. Mm-hmm. I think this is the most, I think it's the most uh, exciting and challenging uh, thing you could ever learn about. But yet it also produces the fear of the law. And you think, my goodness, i, I got to make sure I don't fall short in any way. Well, what it and- means is that
0: I've got to make changes absolutely i can't just keep living the way i've been living and um, i mean what i would say to people is this you know you might be hearing this message for the first time and you and feel really defeated negative condemned or whatever and my response to you would be well recognize the deception the error that you're living in and ask the lord to forgive you and then start to I'm um, work on building intimacy with Jesus because yes. that's, the, that's the starting point of entering into this. And then the second thing is read the parables of Jesus about the
1: kingdom yes, about the kingdom, yeah.
0: And get them and get some understanding of what is actually going on there. And and you will journey fine, but you 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 can't ignore the foundations of living close to Jesus, and having his presence around you. So, while well, this is such an absolutely mission-critical thing that we're talking about here, Mike. Totally,
1: totally. Well, it's actually the rewiring of the church yeah. to come into alignment with God's eternal purpose. And I think many have, have, have um, as you say, measured success with all the wrong things. You ABCs, know, attendance, buildings, and cash. If they've got all of those, we're doing well. But actually, it makes <laughs> may turn out to be nothing at all (laughs) see if if you think about it the only the only lineup i've really got am i fulfilling god's purpose and plan and will for my life wow am i building according to his design
0: yeah
1: yeah wow so you build your personal life you build your marriage you build your family you build your finances you build relationships you build ministries you build business you build everything has to be built so sons are builders and and, in 1 corinthians 9 uh, 1 Corinthians 3 uh, verse 1 Paul talks about that everyone's work or building will be put through a test yeah. what sort it is what makes up the character of it and then if it's all burned up well you're saved but there's no reward for all that labor your labor your life was wasted invested for the wrong reasons and the wrong things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or maybe in the right things but for the wrong reasons yeah yeah but if our works survive the the scrutiny of jesus then we receive a reward yeah yeah you know and so you you mentioned before about this issue of equality well the bible is very clear that in the coming kingdom there are ranks and and in the kingdom now there are ranks in the Godhead, there's a rank my father is greater than me well jesus said it himself Uh, he said at the end he hands over the kingdom to his father. So yeah. it's like there's a ranking. A ranking has not got to do with value. It's got to do with function. Yeah. And so all through the kingdom, there's ranking. Yep. People, people didn't understand when I connected with um maldonado you know, You're an older guy. He's a younger guy. I said, look, you're rocking the wrong way. <laughs> You've got to look at kingdom ranking of what a person carries because of the investment of their life in the kingdom. And, and recognize people after the spirit. So we try to equalize everyone in New Zealand and it, we, we bring everyone down to a common level and dishonor the giftings, dishonor the callings. And the result is the, 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 the flow of God is hindered. Even with Jesus, his supernatural ability was hindered when people with a, an attitude of familiarity become offended by him. Mm. He, even he, he could not do any mighty work. Mm. Nice. Wow. What a great hour we live in, and eh? time to grow and change some things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, you know, part of me is is um, is afraid of where I have failed the the, the message necessary for the church. Um, part of me is pleased that my length of time on this earth is um, is diminishing rapidly, so that the <laughs> the, the, the fruits of what has been uh, sown into the church. I don't want to have to be around to bear that in the wider (laughs) wider body of Christ because I think there are going to be some issues. Um, But having said that, i am just decided I'm going to keep the message clear Um, because I think it's the only way that we're going to shift this whole thing is that we have to go back to, say, Hebrews 11, you know, the foundations of the faith, faith toward God.
1: Hebrews, yeah, yeah. Right. From, from saying, dead yeah. works.
0: Hebrews, yeah. repentance from dead works and so on. And, and actually in that process, as we are building intimacy with Jesus, um, that actually he will work with us. But if we've got no, no intimacy with him, there's no way that he can then communicate with us.
1: No, and, exactly, and,
0: and you know he's there, but he's looking for us to respond to him, and uh, and I I think that the whole COVID nineteen and lockdown has actually, and I agree with you, has been a massive message to the church: dispense with all of the superfluous and yep. get down to the the essence of what faith is. And you know, um, I was told just a couple of days ago by one of my staff on this particular lockdown in Auckland, when we're in level three, the level of fear and and um, and anxiety is far greater than before. Now, I haven't noticed that because I'm not connecting to people like that. But you see, what what is that telling us? You're hiding away at the beach. <laughs> no, well, actually, unfortunately, I'm not this time. I wish I was. <laughs> but, you know, it tells us Guys, you got to get down to. We preach about faith, we talk about faith, we pray about faith. Well, is faith operative in your life? Yes. And are you actually believing God? You know, well, one of the things I did in, in my church, I announced after we got down, got out of lockdown. I said, um, "Encounter Church Auckland, this is going to be a no-unemployment zone. Everybody is going to have a job." And I think, and I think at that at that point in time. I think I had one person come up for prayer who didn't have a job. And wow. and, and I'm going to keep pushing that because I Absolutely. believe that as Christians, our response needs to be so much more proactive and, uh, and and dealing with when fear comes or whatever in our lives, being honest about it, but go to the Lord with it. And and begin to allow His strength to become our strength, to be able to let His burden that is light to come upon us, and we offload um, our burdens to Him, and live that life of just strong and powerful connection with Jesus. Very good, Mike. This has been absolutely fantastic, and I know that everybody who is uh, listening right now will all be saying um, to them, "I'm going to ask Brent when is he inviting Pastor Mike back up." um to our church um don't worry everybody that's how you're all in lockdown in auckland i know exactly. That's I really the paper. Up, <laughs> but i do i am going to get mike in and and i think more of this is just so what's needed him and i agree so much i'm going to be bringing him up hopefully for the pastor's day that i'm doing if we can um in, in september uh and, you know, I'm, I'm going to be asking you to come and, and be a part of that. And I think that this is the type of message that pastors need to be empowered with. They need to be confronted with mm. and, all, and all the leaders need to. But, Mike, as we come to a close, um, you know, this has been so powerful. And I know there's a lot of people who are afraid to look at the brokenness in their lives because mm. often they have been mishandled by friends by the church I mean I, I I spoke recently about some aspects in the book of Job I mean, I mean here God let the hedge down the enemy attacked God put a limitation on what was allowed to happen to Job and then all his friends came and gave him all sorts of counsel and God got slacked off with a lot of them and basically said around about chapter 43 or something shut up everybody you're just speaking a load of nonsense now here is the thing I want to say to you and the revelation comes to Job <laughs> and he says oh god um, you know I'd heard of you by the hearing of the ear but now my eye sees you in other words he now sees what the real issue was right. and all of these advisors were just speaking out an answer because they were coming from a paradigm of legalism and judgmentalism and all of yeah. it, didn't, didn't realize the greater issue of of what it was about in terms of having intimacy with God. And of course, God restored back to them. So you see, my message to everybody listening right now is don't don't feel condemned, don't feel as though you've failed, but just realize there's some adjustments that need to be. made you need to be building a life of intimacy you need to be um, letting the word of God speak into your heart you need to be encountering the presence of the Holy Spirit and in that process the healing will start to flow Um, the life of God will come and all of a sudden you'll begin to see like it said of Job you know you've heard about a lot of stuff but now you see it for yourself personally. That's the most amazing place to come to. So, Mark, this has been absolutely outstanding, and I just love you as we come to a close. If you'd just pray for everybody who's listening, please.
1: Sure, and thank you for the opportunity to come and share with you, and I always delight that even if we haven't talked for a little while, we're just so much on the same page. (laughs) Unbelievable! It's just that same river, and I think it's being in the same river of God has sustained the friendship over many years. Yeah, and uh, it's something people—it's supernatural that people don't get. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> so I'll annoy you with more laughter. <laughs> but uh, I, I really appreciated your your last comments there, and I think for everyone, this is a time to come near to the Lord. Our God is a loving Father; He wants to help us. Mm. He's not here to condemn us. And so, what if there's been a shaking up? Well, then, what is it that's showing up? Just face it instead of running from it and burying it and hiding it. Don't get onto Netflix and that stuff. Just get into the presence of God. Start to build some, put some worship music on, start to pray in the spirit, start to worship him and persevere. Things of the kingdom are sowing and reaping. So don't go into a prayer time. and I'd never big encounter with God and have what they had. No, no, just start to sow. Here's the, here's the thing to look, look at where the arc of your life is going. Is your is the arc or the movement of your life taking you closer to God or is it moving you away? If you take a photo of a bank account and it's say a thousand dollars, you can't tell whether that's good or bad. You've got to look whether the, where the arc is. If it was a million and it's down to a thousand, you're in bad shape. Mm. See? Mm-hmm. If it's if it was minus a thousand and now it's up to a thousand, you're going well. So, you can't tell where you are now. It's the arc of your movement in life. Wow, that's amazing. So, now in this COVID, where is the arc of your life going? That's amazing. Where's the trend going? Mm. Follow the trend. God's not interested in the individual little things. He's interested in every detail of our life, but he's not troubled by those little things that happen. He's more concerned about the trend. The steps of a good man, ordered by the Lord, even if you fall the the law, keep picking him up. It's where your trend is, where your heart is moving, where your life is moving. So wow. let me pray for you right now. Thank you. Father, I just thank you for every pastor, every leader who's watching, every person who's watching right now. And maybe feeling particularly the pain and distress and the uncertainty and the reality of the difficulties that this current covid situation and economic situation has provided father we stand with them today we hold each one of you in our heart and we say in jesus name we bind the spirit of fear we come against every torment of fear we come against the hidden power of jezebel seeking to gain inroads through fear control over your life We break those now, Mm. we break them, we break them, we calm the fear to go in Jesus' name. Mm. We break the attachments to that demonic principality power. We release you from it. Mm. Now, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would pour out grace to increase intimacy, that every, every person watching would feel the draw right now. We release and activate you a fresh hunger for God, A fresh desperation for God. We activate into you Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. I may dwell in the house or presence of the Lord all the days of my life to encounter his beauty and to inquire in fellowship with him. We decree over you, we prophesied over you today in Jesus' name. We call you up out of the place of defeat into a place of exciting encounters with the presence of Almighty God himself. God bless you. Wow.
0: Amen. Mike,
1: that's remarkable.
0: And, of course, you quoted the very passage that the Lord used when we were facing a very difficult situation during the lockdown, which is Psalm 27. The Lord spoke that to me. So that was another confirmation. Wow. But, um, Mike, thank you so much for your time. Um, and an invite will be coming to you to come up in the past today. <laughs> And to come and do some... Realizing stuff. that I'm not traveling anywhere overseas anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Mike, it's been fantastic to have you with us. And I know everybody's really appreciated this and loved this. And, uh, you know, we look forward to uh, further times with you. Hey, God bless everybody that's uh, listened to this tonight. And I just pray it's been a huge blessing for you and uh, very, very empowering Uh, and uh, look forward um, to getting back together once lockdown is finished in Auckland. God bless you. Thank you.